0: Hello, everyone. Uh, good evening. Uh, this is St. Louis uh, Activist Hub Radio, and I'm here. Uh, I'm Kevin, and I'm here with my co-host uh, Adam. Hey, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we've got a great show in store. Uh, we're going to have an interview um, uh, with uh, on the subject of Prop A uh, with a very distinguished guest, uh, but. Uh, first, we wanted to um, sort of extend uh, what's been a, a general theme of of uh, uh, the show um, for the past couple of shows, and that's uh, talk about the general political landscape uh, out here in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and and some of the local races here as well as some of the statewide races. So, Adam, what's going on? What's what's going on with Ed Martin? Uh, yeah, that well, distinguished uh, candidate for the Missouri Third District
1: congressional seat. Right. So uh, Ed Martin is running against um, Russ Carnahan in the Third District, and um, he actually was a guest last week on uh, Charles Jaco's uh, radio show on 550 uh, KTRS. Um, and I actually had an opportunity to call in and uh, ask a question uh, to the show. <laughs> Um, Did you invite him on? <laughs> I, I forgot to invite him on to, the, to this one. Okay. Um, next time, next time.
0: We'll <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Definitely. Um, you know, it's really hard when you're. They. You know, once my question was asked, they just hung up right away. Oh, so okay. I didn't. I okay. didn't have a chance to say much after that. But um, I thought uh, it was interesting that he basically avoided <laughs> uh, my question and sort of answered what he wanted to answer. So I thought uh, maybe tonight we could play a clip uh, sure. of what he said sure. and then. I can uh,
0: uh, And what was the question? What did you ask him about?
1: Uh, well, we, we can see in a second. But basically, um, it's sort of a critique that I had been developing on uh, my blog, St. Louis yes. Activist Hub. Yes. Blogspot.com, of of um, the way in which he's been encouraging um, his Tea Party supporters to uh, engage in really extreme antics. Uh-huh. Um, so, for example, um, when the health care bill passed, they... Camped out outside of Russ Carnahan's office, and um, they, the,
0: the the Tea Party and, and um, uh, Ed Martin supporters. Yes, the Tea okay. Party and because um, they just officially endorsed him. So, <laughs> according to the Post Dispatch, on the, the the end of the month, the Tea Party just came
1: out and endorsed him. Yeah, I saw that too. I thought that was interesting because I had actually seen some uh, things that indicated that they had endorsed him a long time ago. Oh, okay. But but anyway, we, the we ever amorphous.
0: Tea party and yeah. Yeah. activities.
1: Um, <laughs> um, anyways, they had a rally outside of his, outside of Russ Carnahan's office, and um, at this rally, um, I don't know if they were trying to do some kind of satire on, uh, you know, like some of the stuff you see uh, uh, in uh, like Afghanistan or uh, Palestine when people are doing anti-American protests or what, but they just engaged in really uh, ridiculous antics where they had a picture of Congressman Carnahan um, drawn with like blood dripping down his cheeks and they put it on this trash bin and they were like kicking it and punching it and like hitting it with a boot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the end of the rally, they set fire to this picture of Congressman Carnahan, Mm -hmm. which I thought, you know, this is like pretty ridiculous antics. You know, it's kind of, Encouraging. I, I mean, I thought it was definitely done in a way where it was intended to be threatening, right? You know, they're saying, you know, we're encouraging this sort of, um, you know, we're going to these extremes uh, if, you know, if you pass this bill. And then the next day was the day that they actually carried a coffin to his private home, not even his oh, really? office. They actually walked over to his home with a coffin. Um, again, which is kind of sending this message like, we know, we know where you live. So anyways, um, that's... Uh, you know that's the Tea Party, but Ed Martin actually linked approving like on his Facebook account and on his Twitter account he uh linked to this video of them setting fire to a picture of congressman carnahan um which I thought was just sort of beyond <laughs> the 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 realm of what a normal political yeah. campaign should yeah. be so so that was one thing I asked him about, and then the other thing I asked him about was um Russ Carnahan had pointed out um that Ed Martin's wife owns over a hundred thousand dollars in stock in big oil companies and Ed Martin acted really offended. You know, he said, how dare, you know, shame on you for bringing up my wife. Um, so I pointed out that he had actually, um, Ed Martin had attacked Congressman Carnahan's wife in the past and his late father who died in a plane crash. Um, so uh, I was just pointing out that it's sort of hypocritical for him to act all offended, but may- maybe we can play the uh, yeah, the clip let's and, go ahead uh, and play it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, then we can talk a little more about it. So.
2: Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask kind of about
1: some of the behavior of the the way the campaign is conducted. So, um, both on Facebook and on Twitter, um, Ed posted videos of some of his supporters setting fire to a photo of um, Congressman Carnahan, which I thought was kind of ridiculous, and then. Uh, Ed Martin also, you know, he mentioned uh, Carnahan attacking his wife by pointing out that she had oil stocks, but um, a few months ago, Ed Martin actually criticized the Carnahan family, both his wife and his late father, and he said, uh, quote, the Carnahan family has a long history of not protecting the most vulnerable in our society. So it seems like just the way the campaign has been conducted, in my opinion, like encouraging these extreme antics like burning photos of Carnahan or throwing shoes at him seems kind of bizarre to me that Ed Martin would be encouraging his supporters to do that.
2: Ed? Yeah, I, I don't have any, um, I certainly don't encourage people. When you know when one of Congressman Carnahan's uh, employees who was not being paid through a firebomb into his headquarters, the first thing we said was, there's absolutely no place for that kind of silliness, and I would stand by that. I agree completely uh, with the caller and others who say, you know, violence like what happened to Congressman Carnahan's headquarters, and he, Congressman Carnahan came out and said it was uh, one of his, Employees, I think that's terrible stuff, and we should be very, very careful. As to your other comment, look, the record, the public record is what matters. Congressman Carnahan went into office and stated one of his priorities was to double the tax dollars, American tax dollars, that went to overseas family planning and abortion. He did that while his wife was serving on the national board of the Planned Parenthood Federation in, in New York City. That strikes me as the worst kind of, again, Corruption in the sense that your worldview is we know better and will spread the largess to our family members and to their organizations. And we see it most striking with 107 million dollars to Tom carnahan's windmill farm. So, look, the record of of Congressman carnahan on abortion is a clear one. And my point was simply that the, his record is to be supportive of every type of abortion from partial birth abortion on. And I that's not an issue that I think is central to this race. But it's a descriptive of his record. And I'm happy to say my record is that tax dollars shouldn't go to abortion and that I'm pro life, and, and I think that abortion is a, a real sad problem in our country. But this is bringing in my wife. When I, I purposely said to Congressman Carnahan, my wife got a gift from her grandmother for education. Her grandmother's deceased for education of our kids, and it happens to be ExxonMobil. And somehow Congressman Carnahan's going to run around and say, Ed Martin's in the pocket of big oil. That is what you call Washington, D.C. insider hypocrisy, and he knows it. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like a politician should that I'm going to look the other way. I'm going to say, Congressman, that's wrong, and shame on you, and I have.
1: Ed, I want to get to some other calls real quickly. Let me follow up on something you said. You talked about abortion, which we haven't heard anything about in this. Uh, given your beliefs, under what circumstances do you think abortion should be legal? Any, uh, the current circumstances?
2: No look I think that no I think abortion is a terrible terrible taking of human life and I think that but I do think that we've said repeatedly the point of this debate is not to have people talking about criminalizing conduct and what most of you know my work I worked for the church for a couple of years we worked on how do we make sure that that women and men who are in the situations where they're they're stuck in that and what can we do to help them so I I think it's a you know again this is a sort of a uh, an an important issue but it's not the center and what's really repulsive uh, Charles, is that Congressman Carnan and his colleagues promised America that when they passed the government takeover of health care that there would be no tax dollars spent on abortion because that's common ground. Most people in America think that's common ground no matter what their specific position. And within weeks of the passage of the government health care plan, the takeover, there was tax dollars. Remember Stupak, this congressman was the guy who was supposed to hold the line, and there was tax dollars flowing to Pennsylvania, New Mexico to cover abortions. That that's offensive We'll, we know what's better for you out there in America, and we're just going to do what we want. And I think that's part of the problem.
0: Okay, um, so. so he, um, uh, we had uh, a clip uh, from Ed Martin uh, just on the radio, and, and Adam, uh, you called in and, and uh, asked him, you know, a question about the tone of this race, and he didn't answer it.
1: No, he, uh, he basically dodged my question because I was asking specifically about him encouraging the Tea Party to set fire to pictures of Congressman Carnahan and carry coffins to his um, house and that kind of thing. And Ed Martin changed it to the subject of this, um, you know, the, the incident a few months ago where um, someone broke a window and threw a Molotov cocktail through the window. Hmm. And he said, well, I denounced that. And so he changed the subject to this other topic. Um, but one thing that I thought was really uh, kind of sketchy about his answer uh, is that he he basically claimed that that crime or that crime was committed by one of Carnahan's former employees and that actually was never confirmed the, the police actually arrested someone the night of that 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 happened um, this was at
0: his office or
1: at Carnahan's office yeah so uh, two months ago someone broke a window in Carnahan's uh, campaign office and um, actually threw like a Molotov cocktail through the window and it didn't it didn't go off all the way so it caused some damage but it didn't burn it down Um, I was not aware of this (laughs) oh yeah I think yeah you were on summer break (laughs) at the time um so um anyways Ed Martin you know Martin was claiming that that was a Carnahan employee but actually no one has ever been charged for that like they so he
0: is claiming that a Carnahan employee threw a Molotov cocktail into Ed into Marcus Carnahan's office,
1: right? And so the reason he's saying that is because it's true that the police had picked up uh, one of Carnahan's former employees the, that night um, and asked him questions, but oh, they could I never see. find any evidence linking this person to the crime. Okay. So, so it seems a little sketchy for Ed Martin to be declaring that this person did it when you know no charges have been filed after like two months. So they obviously don't actually have any evidence that this guy did it so that was one thing that was kind of um, uh, sketchy about his answer um, another thing is so uh, my second question was about you know him attacking Carnahan's wife and again he yes. just sort of changed the he just sort of changed the subject and reiterated how offended he was that you yeah. know Carnahan brought up his wife but he never really provided an explanation of why um, it was okay for him to say quote, um, the Carnahan family has a long history of not protecting the most vulnerable in our society. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to flag about his answer um, is that he's been repeating this lie over and over again that healthcare care reform. Um, oh, I did want to give that money to attention. Yeah, yeah to abortions. So yeah. uh,
0: when the statute specifically says that it, it, it does not. And um, I, I wanted to just tie that into you know a general theme that we have had on the show the past few shows just about the tone of the race uh the tone of some of the folks uh that are in the tea party uh which has endorsed ed martin and ed martin has uh embraced them uh, with open arms uh and um just some of the respect that they give to the truth and how flexible they are with the truth when they uh, you know, throw around a lot of accusations uh, and and you 've seen this here in the the third uh congressional district race for Congress here in St. Louis, Missouri, where Ed Martin is challenging the incumbent uh congressman Russ carnahan uh and you know really making some very disingenuous claims. You saw that you know in the debate uh you know last week um in um Arnold, Missouri. Uh, you know, he was not truthful on his answer when it came to don't ask, don't tell, and claiming that, mm-hmm. you know, no general had supported d- removing don't ask, don't tell when that was patently false and is documented by, um, you know, hours of congressional de- testimony and, and thousands of articles that have been written on uh, that topic and, and, and in the debate across the country. And, and now you see that again uh when it comes to claiming that, uh, family members of Russ Carnahan um, are somehow benefiting from some of the uh, public activities and political activities that Russ Carnahan uh, has taken when it comes to the stimulus bill. And so what we've seen is, you know, that's, you know, there was a post in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that said on one of their blogs that said, no, that wasn't the case. Uh, and, you know, um, Ed Ed Martin has not even incorporated that into his you know statements uh so why don't we come why don't we just take a, a quick station break and then just come back to that uh come back to this discussion uh so let's go ahead
1: okay we are back and Kevin was just uh elaborating on this history of statements that uh. that, ed,
0: that that ed martin has has made and yeah. it's uh you know it's it's sort of frustrating um but uh you know it, one of the things that i i uh, noticed is that um you know in his answer about uh, he had, he uh, mr martin uh, was very emotional uh you know when it came to an a attack on his wife uh, and her investments in large oil companies and of course ed martin has had a very favorable political stance for what he wants to do uh when it comes to um allowing oil drilling in the Gulf of Mexico at very favorable terms. Uh, for many of these big oil companies that make huge profits. His wife is invested in that. Now, he says that that goes to the education. He hasn't provided documentation. He hasn't provided evidence. We don't know. It could very well be that that's the case. But what is the case is he has $100,000 of investment in large oil companies, and he's taking political positions that would boost their p- profits tremendously. Uh, if Russ Carnahan were to have be in that position, uh to be publicly supporting something that would boost his financial investments, I'm sure that Ed Martin would mention it on the campaign. So, right. uh, you know, I'm surprised that he, you know, is sort of so self-righteous in this idea that, well, how dare my wife be attacked? How, who would have the audacity to do that? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'm a family values candidate who worked for the Vatican and so on. But, you know, and, and if you're going to claim that, I think that one of the things you have to do is you have to have some respect for the truth. You know, you have to, you know, one of the reasons why I think a lot of the folks in the press and a lot of the folks, um, you know, generally don't take, you know, uh, Ed Martin's claim about how he's, you know, this serious family, you know, he's this serious, you know, uh, uh, family values type of candidate, uh, who's, you know, uh, welcoming and so on is because he, you know, has consistently distorted. Because he has distorted some of the things that that uh, Russ Carnahan has said on a consistent basis, and that's that's politics. You know, that's that's a part of politics. But you know, when it, you know, when it comes when when you sort of get a dose of your own medicine, and and, and somebody comes out and says, you know, something about your family and something about some of the personal things you're doing, then it suddenly. You know, uh, it gets too hot for Ed Martin in the kitchen. So
1: right, and his know. his whole campaign is based on this claim that uh, Russ Carnahan funneled money to his brother Tom for a wind farm, right? Which yeah. I think we talked about a lot last yeah. week about how that was completely not true. Um, so uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty funny to see him, uh, you know, making that claim and acting all outraged. You yeah. know, like bringing bringing someone's family. He's yeah. not you know, not yeah. You know, totally uh, off limits. So. Yeah,
0: I, I think and, and and just in case our some people have just tuned in, um, we this is Student Activist Hub uh, Radio, St. Louis Activist Hub Radio, uh, and um, I'm Kevin, and I'm here with my co-host uh, Adam, and we're talking about the tone of the congressional race uh, here in the third district of Missouri. Uh, we're going to have Nancy Croft, uh, the Cross. Nancy Cross, excuse mm-hmm. me, Nancy Cross, mm-hmm. uh the vice president of SEIU, the Service Employees Union Local mm-hmm. 1, uh come on and talk about uh, proposition A, uh which has been one of our topics later on in the show, but right now we're we're talking about some of the things uh that are going on in in this congressional race. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know, I I pulled up uh the biography uh for Ed Barton, um on the uh on his website and he uh, talks about the fact that he wants an efficient, honest, and accountable government. And, you know, I'm just, just based on the conduct that Mr. Martin has had during the uh, past few debates, you know, I'm looking for, for some more evidence of that and how he will conduct his race. Uh, You've seen, you know, Adam, Adam got on the show and challenged him uh, and, uh, we, we still have, we still have said, well, some of his representatives feel like there's something that we've said that's not accurate, then, then, uh, we, we'd be happy to, to discuss that and we'd be happy to incorporate their views on the, on the subject. Uh, but, but right now, uh, you know, it's just not clear, uh, that Ed Martin is really committed to that. It's, it's clear that he, uh, wants to, um, you know, use any means necessary to attack. Rush Carnahan, and he said that, uh, Carnahan's vote for the stimulus was because, uh, his brother would get money from a wind farm. When what happened was a tax, uh, break that was already in the U.S. Code, which was passed under the Republican Congress in nineteen in the 1990s under Newt Gingrich, who's, you know, I'm assuming Ed Barden supports, uh, is really, uh, this, the, that's that's the the tax break that ed martin's uh brother uh has or that's a tax break excuse me that Ro- rush carnahan's brother has uh, benefited from nothing that was included in the stimulus bill would have increased the benefits or would have changed the 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 u s statute in, with respect to that tax uh um credit and we talked about that uh earlier on the last show so you know it's it's you know it's it's very disingenuous uh and it's it's very disheartening unfortunately you know we are in a in a state in our politics where um you know a lot of the press a lot of the journalists a lot of the commentators you know from the new york times all the way to john stewart over at the daily show I've said, well, yeah, the Republicans and the Tea Party have said things that are untrue and false, but the Democrats do it too, and so it's just a wash, and we shouldn't address it because that's just the art of politics. But I think that there, you know, is a pretty strong documentation for and strong evidence for just a. a, a, a uh, quantitatively and qualitatively different level of distortion. Just completely different level of distortion mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the forces of the Tea Party, and when it comes to you know some of the Obama administration supporters. And so, you know, why don't we why don't we just talk about that?
1: Uh, well, that actually reminds me. I was um, uh, I was doing something. I looking, I had to look through my computer at some old photos that I had on my laptop. I was trying to find one. And I uh, was digging through all these old photos that I had of the the Tea Party rallies, and I think, you know, it, it gets a little lost um, this this idea of the dishonesty now because it's campaign season and everyone's kind of doing their own spin on stuff. But it gets lost just how crazy it was when healthcare, you know, it seems so far away back when health, they were talking about healthcare and how crazy the rhetoric was. So yes. I was looking through all these pictures, um, and they were all from St. Louis Tea Party. And there was picture after picture of people saying that Obamacare was going to kill people and, like, start death panels yes, and start, like, yes, euthanizing Yes, we, we, we do people. remember that, yes, um, and that there would be the death panel.
0: And that wasn't just some random person on the street with a tin hat. That was Sarah Palin on her Facebook page.
1: Well, and that was Ed Martin, too. I'm looking right now at a, a Fired Up Missouri um, article talking about a, an a op-ed Martin wrote for um, a paper saying that, uh, you know, there was going to be euthanasia yes. uh, if the health care bill passed, you know, and so he was one of the people fanning the flames, even, you know, way after the death panel lies Debate, were discredited. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's, even it's, earlier in this year, he was still talking oh, about really? So, just, but, just
0: unbelievable. Well, yeah, um, you know, it's frustrating that, you know, and, and he's now going on and saying that, you know, this health care bill, which, um you know, I'm wondering if we could just pull up, uh, you know, the statute of the healthcare bill online and and you know, quote from it uh, the part that specifically says not a dime from the federal treasury should go to uh, abortions. He said in that monologue that he gave uh, to um, uh, to Jay- Jayco uh, on the, which which Adam just played uh, the quick clip that he just played that. Minnesota, that uh, Pennsylvania and New Mexico and, and another state were receiving funding uh, from, um, you know, this health care bill to uh, to have publicly funded abortions. That's okay. just not the case. You know, it, it's just not the case. Uh, there's just no documentation. It, it, how Ed Martin and, and the Tea Party came up with that. I'll never know. You know, I'll just never know.
1: Yeah, uh, I I don't have the healthcare statute in front of me, but I have. Um, I think it was uh, what? What's it called? Fact check. Fact oh, check, pol- politifact. Politifact. Com, com. which is you know a fact checked organization, and it basically specifically takes on. Um, Ed Martin's. Cl- so, Ed Martin, you know, of course, everyone knows about the Stupac agreement that said that no, you know, no. Well, money not, could go not through- everyone
0: knows. Well, okay. The Tea Party is banking on that. So, we <laughs> right. should talk, give uh, just a minute to to say that the they're doing the health care bill. There was a hullabaloo uh, over whether or not um, the bill would publicly fund abortions because it set up what's called exchanges. And so everyone was required to get health insurance under uh, these exchanges and these uh, these exchanges would be privately, uh, spot, privately um, run plans by the private insurance company, and the government would give those private companies the money to fund uh, those plans and then, in exchange, everyone would go go uh, get health care under those plans now, what the Democrats what many conservative Democrats said who were against abortion and uh, and that they said that uh, this amounts to public dollars for abortion because many of these private plans have abortion, not the plans that are offered under the exchange, but the plans that they offer in general. And so, we're giving a p- company that offers a, that that offers abortions money to uh, to to uh, run their their company, and that amounts to supporting abortion. Which you know, I, I'm not sure the logical extensions of that are very you know sort of murky. But mm-hmm. regardless. There was a whole hullabaloo, finally, a congressman from Michigan named Bart Stupak, who's since uh, just stepped out of the political arena and he's not running for reelection. Bart Stupak came up with an amendment that totally ensured that not a single dime of the federal government's money would not only in this bill, but just in general would go to an abortion. and And so the, you know. Uh, uh, you know, nothing, you know, in Africa, no, nothing. And, and, and abortion was broadly construed, so that could mean a pill or something like that. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, that was passed through. Obama then signed an executive order. He went to take a further step because the Senate had a hard time adopting the exact language. So, uh, you know, they put something in that was very similar, to, but it wasn't, you know, word for word. And so Stupak said, well, I won't vote for it if it doesn't have that comma. And that is. So finally, Obama passed signed an executive order that word for word gave uh, this this amendment to this to, to uh, prevent any federal funding for abortion. So, you know, and then, Adam, you have the the uh, the ed martin and his take on it so
1: right so so ed martin tries to justify his uh spin on this issue by claiming um by looking at um this national right to life committee's claim that actually um pennsylvania has decided to use some of the money from the obama administration for uh to cover abortions and so here's what politifact says about that quote so it says uh, getting back to our rating, the National Right to Life Committee says Obama administration will give Pennsylvania 160 million dollars to pay for the health insurance plans that cover quote any legal abortion. Um, and as soon as the issue of abortion was raised, the Obama administration stated that the plans would not be allowed to cover elective abortions, and that forthcoming rev- regulations would affect would reflect that. Given those assurances, we rate the National Life Committee's statement false. Yeah. So basically, and that's you know,
0: from a nonpartisan right. Politifact dot come you know so mm-hmm. just sort of open and closed case uh of just complete fault you know
1: inaccuracies yeah so um so, um, so we are uh, approaching um 630 yeah. and we're going to take a take, take a, a quick- break
0: and we've sort of closed out this this conversation uh so you know we we'll spend some upcoming shows on Ed Martin uh in the the whole race but uh, let's just take a break now and move on other segments. Okay, uh, we are back. Uh, this is uh, St. Louis Activist Hub Radio, and I'm Kevin uh, here with uh, my co host, Adam. Uh, and uh, we were just talking about um, the Missouri 3rd District congressional race. Uh, and now we're going to move on to another uh, election, uh, heated election here in uh, Missouri, and that's Proposition A. And we have um, Nancy Cross. The vice president of the uh, Service Employees International uh, Union, Local One, um, who's going to be here with us to talk about uh, Proposition 8 and the campaign uh, that they are running there. So, Adam. Uh, um,
1: let's see. So, Nancy, are you on the line? Can you hear yes, us? Yes, I am. Okay. Oh, great. I can hear. Oh, can you turn the volume up a little sure, bit? So, sure, sure. Uh, great, great to uh, talk to you again, Nancy, and thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Yeah, uh, you're kind of the you're kind of the Proposition A lady in St. Louis, right? <laughs> because you played a huge role, uh, actually, in um, the good Proposition A several months ago <laughs> in April yes. to uh, to make sure that uh, St. Louis had funding for public transportation in the area. So we all owe a debt of gratitude to you, especially. Um, at college campuses like UMSL and Washington University. So thank you.
3: You're
1: welcome. Just one of many
3: people working on those in the large group is what made it successful.
1: uh, Well, for sure. But um, I know that you uh, did a lot of work uh, on that campaign, and so we're we're definitely grateful. Um, So Kevin and I, we actually talked um, quite a bit about uh, Proposition A uh, last week, um, but maybe before we get started, um, we can sort of remind people um, what uh, Proposition A is. So can you describe for us um, what, what the actual ballot is that's going to be on, uh, on the, the ballot for November?
3: So in November of this year, um, state, people statewide will have the opportunity to vote on whether or not um, an earnings tax should be available in their locality, and whether or not the Kansas City and St. Louis earnings tax should be repealed. If the ballot passes in November, then the city of Kansas City and the city of St. Louis voters will directly be able to make a decision on whether they want to have their individual earnings taxes continued or stopped. And, on the, and statewide, the other communities, if the ballot is successful in November, would have voted to Never have their government and the city government make a decision to have um, an earnings tax in order to support the budget of their city or town.
1: Yeah, and um, so tell us a little bit about so you're you and uh, specifically uh, SEIU and, and many other groups in the St. Louis area um, are opposed to Proposition A. Can you can you Tell us uh, what the sort of main reasons are, why you think this is an important issue to get involved with, and and why you're fighting it.
3: Well, the proposition is, um, what will happen is if the proposition were to pass in April of 2011 in the city of St. Louis, the budget would be cut at least one-third, which means that um, safety services and a number of other services that are necessary to run the city will um, will go unfunded. We also believe that if the, the infrastructure is um, compromised because of the passage of this bill, of this, I'm sorry, this ballot initiative, that it will not encourage businesses to come to the city. The, the loss of infrastructure of public safety, police and fire, CNTs, health services, and other areas will be a detriment to the city as a whole. and. As someone who lives in the city, as well as a number of the other groups that we're working for, we think that this is a bad um, decision. And furthermore, there is no solution. Like, they're not If the earnings tax goes away, no one is saying what will supplement the earnings tax in order to make the city's budget run in the black.
0: Uh, Nancy, uh, this is uh, Kevin. I'm Adam's co-host. Uh, I wanted to ask you uh, what... Uh, what what are the, the um, efforts that are going on here in St. Louis uh, to combat uh, uh, the uh, passage um, of the Proposition A? I, a lot of the media okay. accounts have said Kansas City, you know, has a lot more uh, support from, at least support from the official perspective, but, you know, you're not necessarily seeing the same things going on in St. Louis. Can you speak to that?
3: So we have a um, community alliance of approximately – 25 or so organizations that are working together in grassroots model where they're phone banking, canvassing, putting the message out to their own organizations and membership, and um, talking about this in a lot of different forums and encouraging people to vote no on Prop A. It's the same method that we used under um, Prop A for the transit tax. And we also have, um, there are some monies that have come in, including BJC, which has made a contribution of $25,000. But we have a phone, phone banking abilities, and we have the ability to move our members and our bases out in a positive manner to get this initiative defeated, and that's what we're doing. And although we may not have as much funding as Rex, we do have the feet on the ground and we do have the ability. Every organization has the ability to speak to its own people about what is in everyone's best interest. And the groups have come back together again to say this is something that we need to keep in place. So, um, there's been, if people have an opportunity, you can phone bank uh, Monday. I'm sorry, Thursday evenings from 5:30 to 8:30, Saturdays from 10:30 to 1:30, and Sundays from 5 to 8 at the At CIU Pershing Office, we have a predictive dialer there, and we're calling member bases and asking them to support um, the opposition and vote no on A. So there's opportunities. There's a big um, canvassing opportunity on October 23rd that we're trying to have people come out to, to go out and canvass the neighborhoods two weeks before the election so that people are aware of this situation.
1: Yeah. And uh, just oh, I just wanted to mention open, yeah. for for people who aren't aware, predictive dialers are um, uh, these phone systems that basically um, get you uh, talking to someone really quick, and so it's quite a, uh, an amazing experience if you if you're used to phone banking the old-fashioned yeah. way, where you call <laughs> one number at a time. Uh, predictive dialers are actually uh, quite rewarding because you're constantly <laughs> you're just getting um, many more people um, in your in your time there, so it's sort of a rewarding. Uh, Experience, yeah, but. definitely very rewarding.
0: Uh, for those of uh, our listeners who have just tuned in, uh, this is uh, St. Louis Activist Hub Radio, and uh, we are here with Nancy Cross, uh, the vice president of the SCIU Local One, uh, and we're talking about Proposition A and some of the uh, uh, efforts, uh, uh, on that ballot initiative, uh, on the part of her organization along with 25 other, uh, community activist groups. Uh, Nancy, you mentioned that, uh, there are voter bases that, um, um, the SCIU and this, this coalition of, uh, 25 organizations, uh, would like to reach out to. What are those? What, what types of voters are those? What types of voters are, are sort of a part of that base and who would be affected, uh, by Proposition A?
3: Um, The same, the um, cases that would vote are city voters that live in the city and their services would be cut. People who live in the county that come into St. Louis, or in this particular case, St. Louis, from either St. Louis County, Jeff County, and St. Charles County, who actually benefit from the services, from the infrastructure in the state when they come in, people that go to the ballpark people that go to the different sports games, people that come in and go to dinner and everything, all of them would be negatively impacted by this because if there isn't enough earnings tax, they're going to have to get the money from someplace. They could increase sales tax. They might increase property tax. All of that is detrimental to the communities that I mentioned. And um, I think that it crosses all lines of financial, all financial lines. It's not just one. Um, Where It's not working people, it's not middle class, it's not upper class, it's all three classes of people that use the services in the city. It will have potentially a negative impact on Forest Park because they get some of their services from the city, some funding from the city as well. So Mm. all of the things that make St. Louis a great city to be in would be negatively impacted if this earnings tax were to pass.
1: We wanted to ask, too, we talked about this a little last week, and uh, Kevin and I, I think, are both in your camp. But, um, you know, some people have suggested um, that we should just wait until April, um, that the um, November election is hopeless. And so can you say a little bit more about why um, the coalition you're in is choosing to, um, you know, take on this issue for November and not just wait until next year?
3: Um, the polling, we've done two pollings. The polling that we did did not show that it was um, a done deal in November. The polling actually showed that there's a possibility that we could win. The okay. coalition that we're involved with is statewide. We, I'm focused in on St. Louis because that's, that's where I'm located. Mm-hmm. There's a Kansas City coalition, and there's coalition's outstate as well as in the, out in the more rural areas, As well as um, there are in the two cities, and the polling shows that um, for different reasons, people in the um, rural areas are and ex-suburban areas like the idea of having local control. And the passage of the earnings tax prevents them from having local control in the future. It ends that ability, and some people in the group are um, in the outskirts of outside the city. I'm more concerned about the um, one person spending over 10 million dollars on this campaign, and what is that really about? Right. In the city, in the city, the messaging um, that really resonates with people is that you're going to cut their services, and you have no answer to how the revenue gets made up. Okay. And and that's people are worried. You know, people. Not everybody has jobs right now. People are working. Two and three jaws. People are paying more for everything. They don't want another sales tax. They're already at eight or nine percent, and they certainly don't want their property taxes increased to offset this.
1: And and um, well, the the sort of conventional wisdom um, would be that you know maybe people in St. Louis would vote against this, but everywhere else in Missouri, you know, or sorry, every you know everywhere other than St. Louis and Kansas City would hear hear the word tax and just automatically vote. No, is that what the polling data indicated like does it does it seem like uh, other parts of missouri are very much in favor of a or or not we, we,
3: no the other parts of missouri are not all in favor of a and we actually tested the actual ballot language we didn't make up ideas of what what if this happened what if that happened we tested the language itself and people aren't giving missourians enough credit people are smart they read through things and they say This has this, and and they're going to take away this money. Somehow this has to be made up. And so that's a problem from people's perspective. And then if the city of St. Louis and Kansas City actually ran into a financial situation that they couldn't sustain themselves, who is going to end up having to take care of them? The state, which means that the rural areas will once again, in their minds, have to take care of the cities. Mm -hmm. And I think that people have underestimated how the people outside of the St. Louis area, uh, the greater St. Louis area, actually feel about this tax. That it's not just, you don't just say there's a tax and that's it. What they're saying is that this this tax going away has potentially more problems for us than it's staying in place at this time. It doesn't affect us negatively right now. But should this get repealed, it potentially will re- affect, affect us in a negative way. Right. Okay. Even the governor has come out against Yes. Him. Yeah, he
0: he had uh, last week he actually came out. Right. And that, that was uh, good news. We are here with uh, Nancy Cross, uh, the vice president of SEIU Local 1, and we're talking about Proposition A and some of the efforts behind that. Um, Nancy, I wanted to ask uh, about some of the messaging behind the, the, the uh, proponents of Prop A uh, and uh, they, you know, Rex Sinkfield uh, has really wrapped himself up with this idea of let the voters decide these things and, you know, um, let, let them, uh, you know, vote directly on whether or not uh, they have ta- uh, a, a tax. What? What's your organization? You know, what's what's the counter to that? What's the what's the counter to you know, you know? Why not just let the voters vote on things? I mean, we live in a democracy. You know, like what's what's so bad about that?
3: I think the people that live in um, we have democracy, but we have um, representational democracy, and people represent people elected a city council, a, a board of aldermen to make decisions on how this would be implemented, and I believe it was passed back in the 50s, and Adam may be better on the historical information than I am, but people voted to elect people to make these kind of decisions. That's why we have representational government. We don't vote on all the taxes, and um, I think if you're getting um, infrastructure-wise, this helps. This helps um, the city that you live in function. I think people understand that, and that the other, on the flip side of this, is that it's fine if you want to let the people of St. Louis or Kansas City decide. But why is the entire state voting on whether or not you can have a a tax in the city of St. Louis or Kansas City? I'm not voting on whether Columbia or Jeff City or Springfield, for that matter, have this tax. I'm voting. uh, I'm voting. I have to vote against it in, Saint, in November and then for it to keep it in April. Why is someone who lives outside of the county, outside of the city of St. Louis, voting on this? They are not a vote resident in the city of St. Louis. I'm not making decisions about their cities and towns. Why are they allowed to make decisions about mine?
0: I, I wondered, what what's the legality of that? What You have two separate issues that are in this ballot initiative. Uh, where people who live in uh, you know an outstate uh, are making in, in you know in, in more rural areas in Springfield and so on are making a decision to ban the earnings tax in their municip- in their municipality just in perpetuity as well as have sort of forced this vote on St Louis and Kansas City. I mean, you know
3: I- the judge so far, Kevin, the judges have said that it's premature when we've gone to trying. Because the ballot initiative hasn't passed yet, where it's not law at this particular time. It's just a ballot question. We've raised it twice. Um, we took an initial lawsuit, our group, and it, um, the judge said, no, you don't have standing yet because it's not actually happened yet. Mm-hmm. And then a similar decision happened in Jefferson, um, the, sorry, the um, Kansas City, I believe it was, I'm not sure who in Kansas City, but they also filed a lawsuit and basically were told the same thing that it's not ripe yet as to decide whether or not it's valid after it hasn't been. It's not won yet, mm-hmm. so for them to decide before the decision, the work, that the voters decide, it'd be premature.
0: Okay, uh, and and what about the um, uh, sort of the. Strategy, I know you, you have a lot of boots on the ground and there's going to be a lot of uh, candidacy. What about the um, sort of the media strategy, uh, you know, um, of this coalition um, of groups sort of fighting uh, prop? A, you know, are you going to have a lot of television, radio, uh, you know, newspapers and, and, you know, other things to, to reach out to the voters there?
3: We've um, basically had a lot of earned media to date. We will have some radio and we will have some cable television. Um, probably the beginning of next week. We cannot match the amount of money that Rex Sinkfield has spent on, uh, and the committee Let the Voters decide has spent on television for this um, ballot initiative, but we are going to have some radio and some TV, but we will not be at the level that he is at. Uh So that's why in waiting, we've gone directly to people who trust the people that are the leaders of their organizations and had, talk to people more in a one-to-one or small group setting to get our message out rather than um, just do it on television and radio alone. Okay.
1: It, it, it really is uh, sounds a lot like a um, a grassroots versus grassroots,
0: uh, grassroots, yeah. versus right. the uh, billionaire yeah. <laughs> right. type situation. Uh, I mean, this right. is, we've, we've heard a and lot this, of...
3: Right, and this is grass talk.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, certainly we've heard a lot of talk in this election about who's grassroots and you know, just looking at this race, there's nothing more, you know, genuinely grassroots than a billionaire coming in spending, you know, $10 million, at least so far. He could spend a lot more than that uh, of his own money. And, you know, you know, basically uh, the people uh, on the other side um, trying to get out the vote and, and say, look, this is going to have detrimental effects. Uh, did you want to talk about, you know, just this sort of, you know, trend, Rex Sengfeld is here in Missouri, but it's it's sort of all over the country where you have very wealthy people, billionaires, um, you know, sort of trying to buy elections essentially and trying to, to craft their own, you know, version of America. You, did, uh, you know, can you talk about that uh, a little bit, at least with relation with Prop A, and, and this isn't Rex uh, Rex's first time getting involved in elections. Uh, no,
3: I actually think that um, the issue now is that he's been involved with giving some money to a variety of politicians over the years, and he has given quite a bit of money in the last year and a half to a number of politicians who will be at the state legislature next year. Mm -hmm. We're not sure exactly what that means right now, but it is potentially detrimental because if one person is making the decision that this is the type of law that he would like to see passed, then that's not letting the voters decide either. It's one person influencing the state legislature as to what he thinks and how how he thinks we should run versus what the majority of people would be. And frankly, he doesn't have to worry about police or fire because if he needed to have those services, he could easily pay for them himself. And so I think the, the scarier notion is, what is, the, what is the next step after this? And we know he's done some good work with the Catholic Church and, and putting some, um, you know, different programs together, but now he seems to be on a um, spurt of energy to go after taxes and not really be he- accountable or responsible as to what happens once some of these taxes go away. And, um, if you really want to see do things for the public good, there's lots of things that could be done with the ten million dollars that has been that, spent yeah, on this campaign. You know, so yeah, that, that's very what, frustrating.
0: Yeah, it definitely, that it is very. You know, we're in a time of recession, and St. Louis, Missouri, you know, has tremendous issues in terms of unemployment and healthcare and, 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 you know, a budget deficit, uh, you know, that had to be, um, you know, bridged, uh, and, and that's true of all of the municipalities. And so for someone to, who has a lot of means, uh, you know, and certainly, I guess, and, and that's another hard thing uh, for, for those who are, are opposing, uh, you know, Rex Singfield on this because he's such a, uh, seen as, a, at least seen as a philanthropist by the media and, and by a lot of folks. He's given a lot of money and done some good things. It's hard to oppose him on this, uh, you know, and, and say this isn't, this isn't the right priority to have uh, for Missouri, especially at a time of, of recession. Uh, but, but Adam,
3: I actually don't think it's that hard to oppose him on this. I think that you have to look at what what's the long term goal here. What do you what do you what would you really care about what happens in the city or not, and mm-hmm. what kind of a city do you want St. Louis to be? And this is not the answer. If you wanted to get rid of the earnings tax, I don't know that I would necessarily be personally opposed to that. However, what's coming in its place? How are we going to make sure? the city is functioning. And what's happened with this ballot initiative is it's just one-sided. I want the earnings tax gone, and we'll figure out how to fix this later. Well, that's not good, sound business judgment from my thinking, and I don't understand why that's the way that this is being approached. We don't know. We want this gone, but we don't know what it's going to be replaced with. I don't think the city is loaded with um, lots of extra money that it's, it's got an extra reserve that it's not using the money properly. I think they spend right. every dime that they get, and now you're jeopardizing them. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to create a crisis, and is that really responsible? Who who suffers as a result of the crisis? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be him. Yeah. He doesn't live in the city, yeah. and, he, and he moved his company to Clayton.
1: Yeah, and, and he made
0: oh. most of his money in California, uh, as, as they had pointed out. Uh, as the media has pointed out.
1: Um, well, I think that was a, a great conversation and, uh, yeah. thanks. So thanks a lot, Nancy, yeah, for thank you very uh, much. joining Problem. us. This was uh, really helpful, uh, to think about. So appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for coming thank on. You. <laughs> thank and, you uh, oh, and, uh, just so people, um, there was a new website that was revealed or unveiled, um, pretty recently. Do you, um, uh, Remember, oh, yes,
3: I'm suppo- I'm bad at. I'm okay. not oh. at doing this. But yeah, I'm supposed see. to. If you have more questions, if you go to w dot. a dot org, you will um, find a wealth of information. Who else is um, supporting the campaign, and a lot of activities that you can participate in. Thank you for reminding me of that, Adam.
1: Okay. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Nancy. And no uh Take care. And uh, okay. Have a nice good, to meet you, uh, Kevin. Uh, nice meeting you. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. See you later. Thanks. Okay.
1: Bye bye. Well, I just pulled up. I just want. Okay. So uh, is this? We said the right address? www. to a. dot to a. Org. And there's also a um, Facebook page for it. So if you get on Facebook, Facebook and just and search just for Say No, no to a. a, you could uh,
0: simply you can pull up the Facebook page, uh, and the website is right up there. Uh, as well, um, so
1: you should be able to find um, the the uh, MP3 files for um, all of our radio shows at STLActivistHub.blogspot.com. That, yes, um, and, and so as
0: well, contacting us about the show, uh, please do that. Um, you know, because sometimes we 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 uh, you know have our perspectives out here, of course, and then we have information, and we love to have uh, feedback, and so uh, you can do that at STL uh, Activist hub.blogspot.com, and there is a uh, email address uh, up there um, where you can go to.
1: Yes, STL Activist Hub Tips at Yahoo.com. So uh, we are uh, right at the break, so we're gonna um, log out. So thanks, uh, Kevin. Yeah.
0: uh, Uh, So I'm Kevin uh, with my co-host Adam. Yep. Take care.